when words like these, truths like these, become part of the very fiber of your being and part of the way that you automatically think you have reprogrammed your mind. And when you have sufficiently done that and you think and feel and act from these new ideas, from this new frequency of thought, the results that you experience on the physical plane must change by law. Welcome. You're listening to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast, and I'm your host, Todd L. Bowerly. You think between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day. 98% of your life is controlled by habit. If you want to change your life, you have to start by changing how you think. think. When you change you, everything in life changes. If we can see it in our mind, we can hold it in our hand. Welcome back to a surprise bonus episode of the Reprogram Your Mind podcast season one. I'm actually going to even call this episode 20. The last episode really concluded the message I wanted to send out for this season, but I had this idea and inspiration drop in. You get to be invited into a coaching session with me, and you get to hear a lesson that I taught just recently to my clients using Earl Nightingale's old recording of Think and Grow Rich. He condensed and narrated that book in a, a record, and I share some of these audio clips and teach and explain them. I want to explain the history behind this. My mentor is Bob Proctor. That's the voice that you hear at the close of the previous audio. If you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. Bob worked very closely with Earl Nightingale in the 1960s. It was this exact recording of Earl Nightingale's that Bob used when he was driving around building his business with a battery-operated record player sitting on the front seat of his car, trying to keep the needle balanced. He was listening to this recording of Think and Grow Rich over and over and over again. And I've been listening to this several times recently. One of my mentors uh, played it for a group of us as top senior consultants, and I wanted to share it with my clients. And it was such a great lesson that you get to hear it too. So come along with me. Sit in on one of these coaching sessions. I want to talk about your study and why we're studying today. We're going to listen to the Merle Nightingale and we're going to talk about that and we're going to weave together some of these principles of success from Think and Grow Rich and emphasize why it's important for you to be studying. That's my plan today. In the very beginning, the very first words that you read in the workbook is you permit yourself to become emotionally and intellectually involved with the ideas contained in this introduction, it could contribute to a quantum leap in your results immediately. Well, in the very beginning of this Think and Grow Rich audio recording, Earl Nightingale says he was struck by two things about Napoleon Hill that he believes were the causes of Napoleon Hill's success. Number one, Napoleon Hill was intellectually and emotionally involved with the ideas that he was writing about. What does that mean? There, uh, there are two people right away. Earl said it and Bob said it. And Bob said it probably because Earl said it. And Earl said it because he thought in Napoleon Hill. Being intellectually and emotionally involved with these ideas is what's going to create a quantum leap in your results. Meaning, you think about it all the time. You think about these ideas all the time. They populate a greater and greater portion of your mind. To a point, like Chris, you said you you're getting up super early because you just got to get to work. 
You just know what you're going to do and you're just going to go do it. You think about it more and more. Think about your goals. Think about these principles. Think about thinking. If it takes up more space in your conscious thinking mind, you have less space for worry, doubt, or the other things that come into your mind. Emotionally involved. Most of us are emotionally involved with our failure, our fears. Most of us are emotionally involved with whatever the circumstances and conditions that are happening outside of the world. Most of us allow that emotional involvement to be guiding and directing our lives. In The Power of Awareness, in Subjective Control, it talks about our attention, that our attention is directed from the outside circumstances. Most people, right, in absence of clearly defined goals, most people perform daily trivia until they become enslaved by it. They're emotionally involved with what's on the outside rather than their own goals and their own dreams. A couple of things for you to journal about, and feel free to be writing the answer to these as we're going through this process. What are you intellectually and emotionally involved with? You know, as Andrew Carnegie says, we become what we think about all day long. We're supposed to be intellectually and emotionally involved, not just in thinking into results. Thinking in results is a mechanism to help you achieve, but we need to be intellectually and emotionally involved with our goal, our vision, our dream, what we want to have happen. That's where our intellectual and emotional involvement needs to come from. We need to have that burning desire. The reason it is lesson number, excuse me, uh, principle number one in thinking grow rich. What do you want? What do you really, really want? What do you really, really want? And what's, what's interesting is in this recording, actually, it would probably be easier for me to just play this because I'm not going to paraphrase it. This is the desire principle. The first principle, desire. Here is the starting point for all achievement, the first step toward riches. But it's right here that we so often run into a stumbling block. A person will say, I know what I desire, but can I get it? We'll get into this business of doubt later, but once and for all, let's clear up this point. This point of whether or not you can accomplish that which you desire with all your heart. I think it was best expressed by Emerson, who wrote, There is nothing capricious in nature and the implanting of a desire indicates that its gratification is in the constitution of the creature that feels it. In other words, you would not have the desire unless you were capable of its achievement. That's it. I just want to stop right there. You wouldn't desire something if you couldn't achieve it. You are engineered to achieve. You are built as a goal-seeking organism. We should be intellectually and emotionally involved with that. You know, in looking at each of these principles, I saw all of these blend together. If, you know, desire the goal, what it is you want is the starting point of all achievement. And then you have to have that faith, principle number two, to reach for it. I saw these all as the latter, not as different components that work work um, together, but as something that works, you know, line upon line, idea upon idea, stacking one upon another, building upon the previous. You have to have a desire, but you have to feed it enough so that you have faith, so that you know that you're going to achieve it. And if you start with that line that he quotes from Emerson, that essentially you couldn't even set a goal if you couldn't, if you, if it wasn't possible for you to achieve it in the first place, that automatically is the seed of building faith. The evidence that you can reach your goal comes in the fact that you originated the goal or dream in the first place. Because all things are created twice. 
nothing in this world happens without first coming from an idea, from an impulse of thought. If you can think it, you can do it. So automatically, we should have some faith right there that you can achieve it. The faith that that creates is not enough to get you there. If it was, everybody would be walking around manifesting their dreams. It's not enough to get you there. You have to build that faith. That's the seed of faith. You have to build upon it. You have to strengthen it. How do you do that? Auto-suggestion. Deliberately implanting the idea or goal in your subconscious mind. You have to use the principle of auto-suggestion. And I want to play that as well. The third principle is auto-suggestion. Now, we've already touched on this. This chapter of the book tells us how, through repeated suggestion, the subconscious mind can be put to work for us. It is the faculty of being able to concentrate your mind on your burning desire until your subconscious mind accepts it as fact and begins to devise ways of bringing it about. Here is where hunches come from, sudden flashes of thought or inspiration, guidance. The instructions given in connection with the six steps in the second chapter will now be summarized and blended with the principles covered by Napoleon Hill's chapter on auto-suggestion. First, go into some quiet spot, perhaps in bed at night, close your eyes and repeat aloud, so you may hear your own words, the written statement of the amount of money you intend to accumulate, or a careful reaffirmation of whatever your goal happens to be, the time limit for its accumulation, and a description of the service or merchandise you intend to give in return for the money. As you carry out these instructions, see yourself already in possession of your goal. For example, Suppose that you intend to accumulate $50,000 by the 1st of January, five years from now, that you intend to give personal services in return for the money in the capacity of a salesman. Your written statement of your purpose should be similar to the following. By the first day of January, 19-whatever-it-happens-to-be, I will have in my possession $50,000, which will come to me in various amounts from time to time during the interim. In return for this money, I will give the most efficient service of which I am capable, rendering the fullest possible quantity and the best possible quality of service in the capacity of salesman of, and here describe the product or service you intend to sell or whatever it is you do for a living. It goes on. I believe that I will have this money in my possession. My faith is so strong that I can now see this money before my eyes. I can touch it with my hands. It is now awaiting transfer to me at the time and in the proportion that I deliver the service I intend to render in return for it. I am awaiting a plan by which to accumulate this money, and I will follow that plan when it is received. Second, repeat this program night and morning until you can see in your imagination the money you intend to accumulate. Third, Place a written copy of your statement where you can see it night and morning and read it just before retiring and upon arising until it's been memorized. As you carry out these instructions, you are applying the principle of auto-suggestion. Night and morning, giving orders or affirmations to your subconscious mind. If we do not have input coming into our subconscious mind intentionally, if we're not auto-suggesting, if we are not talking to ourselves in the manner in which we need to in order to reach our goals and dreams, we are not going to shift the paradigm. That's just not going to happen. So I want you to ask yourself and evaluate yourself, grade yourself on your auto-suggestion. If you've been in, involved in thinking in results for a little bit, you should be having some sort of regimen of auto-suggestion. If not, you're not building the faith required to reach your goal.
Okay, so now once we have the goal taken care of and once we're building that faith and we're starting to reprogram our subconscious mind, now he says we need a plan. And the next three chapters are how you you get a plan. Yes, in the auto-suggestion chapter, I've read over and over again, my favorite passage, say that plans appear through flashes of inspiration, through the sixth sense. We're going to come back to that. We need to focus on creating the plan with what we have. We can't wait for inspiration. We have to just be taking action. He says in the auto-suggestion chapter, to begin to take action at once, whether you are ready or not. Start moving towards your goal. What do you use? Well, you use your specialized knowledge. You use the knowledge that you have. In the science of getting rich, Wallace Waddles talks about how you can begin your journey to, to wealth or happiness or riches, whatever you want, in the industry that you are currently involved in right now. You don't have to change industry. You don't have to move. That may happen down the road, but you can start with the industry in which you're in. With the knowledge that you have right now, you have the seed of that plan. The next chapter is imagination. You use your imagination, specifically your creative imagination, along with your knowledge to synthesize an idea of plan. What can I do to get started? What could I do today right now based on what I know and what I can create in my mind? And you get to building your plan. Listen to this. I'm going to go right to the next chapter, which is organized planning. And it's easy to be overlooked. The organized planning chapter is easy to be overlooked because it was written in 1937. There's a lot of things that are very specific to that time and that era as well. Um, but it's powerful. And, and I've never, like I didn't catch it in listening to this recording the last few weeks until today. Let me play this three minutes of organized planning. Actually, I may not even do it all. Here you go. The sixth principle is organized planning. You have decided on your desire, your goal. Now let's organize the plan for its accomplishment right on schedule. Let me quote again from Think and Grow Rich. You have learned that everything man creates or acquires begins in the form of desire. The desire is taken on the first lap of its journey from the abstract to the concrete in the workshop of the imagination where plans for its transition are created and organized. Earlier, you were instructed to take six definite practical steps as your first move in translating the desire for whatever you want into its physical equivalent. One of these steps is the formation of a definite practical plan or plans through which this transformation may be made. One, ally yourself with one or more persons, a group of as many people as you may need for the creation and carrying out of your plan or plans for the accumulation of the money you've established as your goal. Making use of the mastermind principle. This is important. Two, before forming your... So I want to pause right there and say that the mastermind can help us plan. You guys might mastermind together. It doesn't have to be this group. But if you're not using this group, you should be masterminding elsewhere to help build your plan. Let me continue. Before forming your mastermind alliance, decide what advantages and benefits you may offer the individual members of your group in return for their cooperation. No one will work indefinitely without some form of compensation, although this may not always be in the form of money. Three, arrange to meet with the members of your mastermind group at least twice a week, and more often if possible, until you have jointly perfected the necessary plan or plans for the accomplishment of your goal. I invite you guys to consider that as well. If you guys don't know what to do or don't have something to do every day that's going to help you reach the goal, the mastermind is going to help you get there. I'm going to continue this recording here. Four, 
Maintain perfect harmony between yourself and every member of your mastermind group. Keep in mind these facts. First, you're engaged in an undertaking of major importance to you. To be sure of success, you must have plans which are faultless. Second, you must have the advantage of the experience, education, native ability, and imagination of other minds. This is in harmony with the methods followed by every person who has risen above the average. Work at this until you have a well-executed formal plan for reaching your objective. In this way, you're never confused or wondering what you should do next. Every morning, you know exactly what you're going to do and why. And I'm actually going to pause that there. So that last part is probably the most valuable. If you can refine your plan so you know exactly what you need to do, every day when you wake up, you just go get to work. You don't need to figure out what to do. There's no room for doubt. If you know what you need to do, your mind gets busy working on the task at hand. So once you have a plan, you need to be decisive. You need to move right into action. So that's the next principle is, is decision. We've now, I've talked a lot about decision in the path. We have the decision article in lesson one, and I don't need to go over it very much to, except to say this, that the ability to make a decision, remember, is the opposite of procrastination. It's the solution to procrastination. If you're procrastinating, you have to make decisions. And why is procrastination such a big point, a big problem? We talked about this this morning. I thought this was amazing. If you don't have a goal and a definite desire, you have no need to make decisions. Doesn't that change how you think about decision? If you don't have a definite desire and goal and are not putting that into your subconscious mind, the ability to make decisions and the resolution to any procrastination doesn't matter. Decision is only valuable when you have a goal that you're working towards. And then the next principle is persistence. I want to play this one. The eighth principle, persistence. Napoleon Hill defines persistence as the power of will. Willpower and desire, when properly combined, make an irresistible pair. Persistence to an individual is what carbon is to steel. In uncounted thousands of cases, persistence has stood as the difference between success and failure. It is and I want to pause here to remind you, when he talks about the will, he talks about your ability to focus. So from lesson five, the will is the ability to focus your attention into a white hot bead. Controlled imagination and a focused attention is what's required to manifest your dreams and desires. That's what's taught, taught in the power of awareness. Will is not force. It's not forcing it to happen. Will is focusing your attention on it. And remember, our attention is distracted from the outside. What has your attention? Persistence is about focused attention. Let me keep going. Is this quality more than any other that keeps the majority from great accomplishment? They'll try a thing, but as soon as the going gets tough, they fold. Experience with thousands of people has proved that lack of persistence is a weakness common to the majority of men. It is a weakness. And when we think about persistence as focusing the will, I think about this. I think about TikTok, which brought the majority of you guys here, right? And what a detriment this is to our attention and our will and our ability to focus. Put your phones in check at times and keep going. It is a weakness which may be overcome by effort. If you are to accomplish the desire you've set for yourself, you must form the habit of persistence. Things will get dark 
It will seem as though there's no longer any reason to continue. Everything in you will tell you to give up, to quit trying. And it's right here that the men are separated from the boys. It's right here. So I got to forgive the the 1950s uh, era recording, the gender speak there. Um, but notice what he says. Something happens. Everything inside of you is going to make you want to quit, is going to try to defeat your persistence. But in that moment, when you show up for you and determine what you are focusing on and that you are not giving up and that you will persist, that's what separates the achievers, those that achieve their goal, from those that become victims of circumstance. It's right here that if you'll go that extra mile and keep going, that the skies will clear and you'll begin to see the first signs of the abundance that is to be yours because you had the courage to persist. With persistence will come success. Persistence is a state of mind. Therefore, it can be cultivated. Like all states of mind, persistence is based upon definite causes, among them these. One, definiteness of purpose, knowing what you want. Two, desire. Three, self-reliance. Four, definiteness of plans. Five, accurate knowledge, knowing that your plan is sound. Six, cooperation. Sympathy, understanding, and harmonious cooperation with others tend to develop persistence. Seven, willpower. Eight, habit. Persistence is the direct result of habit. Now, how about that? Those eight principles, I mean, he just summarized definiteness of knowing what you want. You need to have that desire. You've got to have the plans. You need to have the faith. You need to have your specialized knowledge. You need to have that creative imagination. You need to have cooperation. Uh, you ultimately need to have habit. Persistence isn't some superpower that you wake up with tomorrow. It's one that's cultivated over time by your habits. By your habits. No, persistence is nothing more than a habit. Now, the last three principles here, we're gonna, I might, I'm, we're gonna listen to each one of them. The subconscious, the brain, and the sixth sense. And this is where it all starts to come together. I'm gonna play the subconscious right now. The 11th principle has to do with the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind consists of a field of consciousness in which every impulse of thought that reaches the objective mind through any of the five senses is classified and recorded, and from which thoughts may be recalled or withdrawn as letters may be taken from a filing cabinet. It receives and files... Notice he says there that your subconscious mind is impacted by every... every impulse every little thing that comes in from your five senses that passes through the objective mind and makes it into the subconscious mind where it's stored and, and categorized it goes into different files right so with all of this input your subconscious mind is like your 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 computer hard drive that's organized by file folders and whenever a stimulus comes in or news comes that doesn't hit you the right way or a distraction hits you it's going to go into one of those folders. And each one of those folders, I think, is a paradigm, by the way. Files sense impressions or thoughts, regardless of their nature. You may voluntarily plant in your subconscious mind any plan, thought, or purpose which you desire to translate into its physical or monetary equivalent. The subconscious acts first on the dominating desires which have been mixed with emotional feeling, such as faith. Your subconscious mind works night and day. 
Through a method of procedure unknown to man, the subconscious mind draws upon the forces of infinite intelligence for the power with which it voluntarily transmutes one's desires into their physical equivalent, making use always of the most practical media by which this end may be accomplished. You can Whew, that's a lot of words. The, the subconscious mind voluntarily, meaning you don't have to force it to work. It just naturally will work to create, to manifest, to give you ideas, to prompt you to take action on any idea that has been planted with emotion in its subconscious mind. So here's something for you to journal and ask. What ideas, what emotional ideas are planted in my subconscious mind? You cannot entirely control your subconscious mind, but you can voluntarily hand over to it any plan, desire, or purpose which you wish transformed into concrete form. No one knows very much about what we call the subconscious or unconscious mind. We do know that it is incalculably powerful and can solve our problems if we go about using it the right way. And the best way is to hold in your conscious mind as often as possible a clear picture of yourself already having accomplished your goal. You know what... There you go. We don't know much about how it works. We just know that it works. It is that goal-seeking mechanism on the inside of us that got us all to crawl and walk and run. It just works. We just have to have faith that it works. And trust that it works. You know what you want, define it clearly, and then project it on the motion picture screen of your mind. Hold it. See yourself doing the things and having the things you'll have when your objective will have been reached. Do this as often as possible as you go about your daily work, and particularly at night, just before you go to sleep, and the first thing upon arising. As you do this... So I need to share a brief story. Because I did this last night, and I just, it didn't even click until this really moment. I mean, I, I told, uh, I, I, t I mentioned this to Jen just recently. Um, you guys know we're having our, you know, our home remodeled and the basement finished. We got painters in here today. We were supposed to have other painters in yesterday, and they just didn't show up. And um, last night, I was having a conversation with someone outside about some challenges that she's facing, and I made a determination that. Um, I was, I'm just not going to worry and stress about the basement anymore. And I, I, there was something, some kind of decision that I made. It was late at night before I went to bed. I'm just like, you know what? This is just, I refuse to worry about this. Anytime that I get worried or anxious about something that screws up, I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to let my general contractor handle it. They can worry about it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but this project is going to get done on time and it's, and it's going to be done the right way. And we had this debate with our uh, our general contractor about these two painter companies that coming because one is busy for the rest of this week. And we could wait for them, but it would take a week. And I'm like, well, I kind of want it to be done sooner. And the other one is bickering about the type of paint to use. And I just made the decision, this is going to be going to be done. And this morning we got a message, hey, something happened to the other job that the other painters were on, the ones that we liked. And uh, so they're being delayed so they can show up today and start painting. You're here. I didn't have to do anything with that. But I feel like I can trace that right back to that decision that I made. Hold the standard of what you want and make the decision and let go of the rats. Do this. Your subconscious will begin to lead you in the most logical ways toward your objective. Don't fight it. Follow your sudden hunches, the ideas that come into your mind, knowing that it's your subconscious trying to get through to your conscious mind. 
If you'll keep at this, you'll be amazed and delighted by the wonderful ideas that just seem to come from nowhere. In the next principle, we'll talk some more about this sixth sense that seems to control the lives of the great men and women. But it comes from a systematic triggering of the subconscious mind. Okay, right there. We all want our plan from infinite intelligence. We all want to be inspired. We all want to have this, you know, uh, Moses on a mountaintop moment where we have the finger of God etch the plan into our hearts and direct us and tell us which way to go. But he said there in the very end, that only happens from the systematic and deliberate triggering of the subconscious mind. How do you systematically and deliberately program the subconscious mind to give you that inspiration through auto-suggestion, through your study of repetition? If you don't have a pattern of repetition, if you are not connecting emotionally and, and, and intellectually and visually with your goals, remember he said holding a clear image of what you want. If you're not doing that, you are not programming your subconscious mind and therefore are not entitled to the inspiration that comes from that. There's a cause and an effect. And the cause is all this, this preparation work, all of this study, all of this mental effort to program your subconscious mind so that it will tell you which way to go. If you're not listening to thinking results every single day, then you are not going to get inspiration, plain and simple. Great men and women, which seem miraculous to the average person, are nothing more than the fulfillment of their burning desires through the power of their subconscious minds. Time means nothing to your subconscious. A man could work steadily at his job for 40 years and not accomplish as much as is possible in three or four years through the proper working of this principle. Your subconscious mind cannot remain idle. If you fail to plant desires in your subconscious mind, it will feed upon the thoughts which reach it as a result of your neglect. If you fail to feed your subconscious mind, it will work upon the thoughts that come to it through the senses based on your neglect. Remember that you're living daily in the midst of all manner of thought impulses which are reaching your subconscious mind without your knowledge. Some of these impulses are negative, some are positive. You are now engaged in trying to help shut off the flow of negative impulses and to aid in voluntarily influencing your subconscious mind through positive impulses of desire. When you achieve this, you will possess the key which unlocks the door to your subconscious mind. So he talks about how the mind closed tightly against any and all negative influences, which is part of persistence, is what we have to do to protect our subconscious mind. We're surrounded by all of these negative impulses all of the time. And so we have to block out those negative ones, and we have to increase the feeding of positive thought impulses that come from our desire. Most of the time, we live in denial of what we want. We say no to ourselves. We say no, we say not yet. And the more that we shut off that desire, the harder it is to turn it back on. So I think we need to say yes to ourselves, say yes to our desires more. Now, this doesn't, I'm not talking about this in, in like a hedonistic kind of way or in a, in a way that take something from somebody else. Remember in, the, in lesson five of Thinking and Results, Bob quotes Napoleon Hill and says, an educated person is one who has so developed the faculties of his mind that he can achieve or get whatever it is that he wants without violating the rights of another person. Right? So say yes to your desires, meaning if you want to go take a nap, go take a nap. If you want to go watch a movie, go watch a movie. If you want to eat you know, um, at a specific restaurant, go say yes to do to go eat at that restaurant. Go start saying yes to yourself more as long as it's in alignment with your goals. You've got to start living the life that you want to live right now. 
And I think saying yes helps you feed desire more. Um, so uh, let me keep going here. Almost the man who succeeds one. above his fellows is the one who, early in life, clearly discerns his object and toward that object habitually directs his powers. Even genius itself is but fine observation strengthened by fixity of purpose. Every man who observes vigilantly and resolves steadfastly grows unconsciously into genius. The key word there is unconsciously. Know what you want. Decide once and for all that it will be yours. Remain steadfast on course, propelled by faith, and your subconscious or unconscious mind will do the rest. So let me say more about this word genius. Your genius, I believe it's your talents, it's your it's your desires, it's your passions, it's your skills, it's your experience, it's all of these things that combine to make you. And when we say yes to our genius, we say yes to our desire, we choose to consume ideas in through our minds, okay, to build our faith, we now start to tap into to power. Power comes from knowledge directed towards a specific goal, directed through definite plans, right? All these principles tie together to help us unlock that unique expression of ourselves, that spirit of ourselves. Now, I'm going to skip over the next principle of the brain, but he talks about how the brain, most people are barely using their brain. And he talks about the number of neurons that we have and all of that. If you if you take all of the wealth in the world and take one penny from it, that's kind of what we're doing with the power of our brain. Here is something brilliant to think of. The human brain has created all of the amazing technological advancements that we have, right? It's taken us to the moon. It allows us to communicate around the globe right now on technology. It creates art. It creates music. The brain has so much extra capacity beyond just running your physical body. Right? It is it is over-engineered to run and operate your physical body. Why? It's over-engineered to help you do the impossible. So there's an increase of your faith. Now I want to skip to the last principle here, the sixth sense. The thirteenth and final principle is called the sixth sense. The sixth sense can be described as the sense through which infinite intelligence may and will communicate voluntarily without any effort from or demands by the individual. This principle is the apex of the philosophy. It can be assimilated, understood, and applied only by first mastering the other 12 principles. The sixth sense is that portion... Check that out. We all want inspiration, we all want guidance, and we all get it from time to time, but it can become reliable and we can draw upon it continually. If we master the other principles, our intuition matures to guide us more effectively. Let me keep going. This is that portion of the subconscious mind which has been referred to as the creative imagination. It has also been referred to as the receiving set through which ideas, plans, and thoughts flash into the mind. The flashes are sometimes called hunches or inspirations. The sixth sense defies description. It cannot be described to a person who has not mastered the other principles of this philosophy because such a person has no knowledge and no experience with which the sixth sense may be compared. The sixth sense is not something that one can take off and put on at will. Ability to use this great power comes slowly through application of the other principles we've outlined. Many individuals come into a workable knowledge of the sixth sense even before the age of 40, but more often the knowledge is not available until one is well past 50, 
and this for the reason that the spiritual forces with which the sixth sense is so closely related do not mature and become usable generally except through years of meditation, self-examination, and serious thought. But begin to develop it now by applying the principles we've talked about here. Remember this. Man can create nothing which he does not first conceive in the form of an impulse of thought. Man's thought impulses begin immediately to translate themselves into their physical equivalent, whether those thoughts are voluntary or involuntary. Keep fear out of your mind by concentrating on the mental picture of your goal, your greatest desire. There you go. That's a very short, abbreviated version of Thinking Grow Rich by Earl Nightingale with commentary by Todd. I, I think that last concluding line there is really, really important that nothing happens in our lives. Nothing is created without first having an impulse of thought, right? Thinking into results. We need to protect our stick person, our mind. We need to be cultivating it. We need to be developing it, growing it, stretching it, demanding it to show up for us. And above all, all of this knowledge, all of this conversation, it comes down to one thing, study. What are you feeding? What are you feeding into your subconscious mind? Thinking into results will get you there. Like I have no doubt about it. I don't think this record in and of itself will get you there. You know, the, the Think and Grow Rich record, I mean, it helped with Bob. But we have a deeper understanding. We have a greater awareness of this record than Bob did driving around in 1963 or whatever it was that he was doing that. We have a greater awareness because Bob did all that work and gave us all of this awareness. So we're not where he was at. We're much further ahead because of Bob's awareness, because of the study that I've had and what I bring and contribute to you guys to lead you guys as well. And it all comes down to what are you feeding into your subconscious mind every day? If you are not choosing what goes in here, then your subconscious mind is at the mercy of whatever comes in through your five senses because of your neglect, due to your neglect. Oh my gosh, that was powerful. That's my lesson for today, just to, to recap and emphasize the importance of study. It's really interesting for me to listen back to this and to hear it and to go through and make some edits and a, a little bit of adjustments to this lesson and and cut out some of the questions from some of my my clients in there that deserve to be private as well. Um, and, and even I'm learning from this, again, hearing it again. The principle of repetition is such a truth when it comes to learning and reprogramming your mind and moving forward into whatever our, our spirit and desire is calling us to become more of. And just to hear this example for myself is just awesome for me. And uh, it's this now is the perfect place to conclude this season because we've gone back full circle to some of the source material of this. Was We've gone back to Napoleon Hill's words and Earl Nightingale's uh, translation of those words. And I've taught you so much of what Bob has taught me. And I have explained these principles as, and how I've lived them in my life and how it has changed my life. 
And I am forever grateful to have this information with me, not just as a library that I can go to and and I can read and I can study. I have these words inside of me. They're a part of my life now. And my life and the lives of my family, the lives of my children are forever changed because of that. When words like these, truths like these become part of the very fiber of your being and part of the way that you automatically think, you have reprogrammed your mind. And when you have sufficiently done that and you think and feel and act from these new ideas, from this new frequency of thought, the results that you experience on the physical plane must change by law. If your results are not changing, there must be some piece of information that you're missing or some application that you're missing or some guidance that you're missing. There's something isn't clicking. And that's what I work through with so many of my clients. When you make a decision to actually invest money in yourself and make a decision to go through a very structured learning process, you're taking that organized information and you're applying it in the right environment and you're having the guidance so that someone with greater awareness can help you see your blind spots to work through them something magical happens. That's what happened in my life. That's what's happening in the lives of my clients. And if you think you might be one of them and you're scared or you're nervous, I would just implore you to reach out and book a call with me. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about the reality of what it really looks like and how it can help and see if it's really a good fit for you. And I will have a link in my show notes where you can go do that. In the next season of the podcast, I'm going to dive even deeper into some of these ideas, these philosophies, the theories, the application, but I need your help too. If you can send me a message or write a review, and in that review, tell me what you want future episodes to cover. Are there books? Are there authors? Are there guests? What would you like to hear to help you on your journey from where you at from where you are at right now to where you want to be in the future. What's in between you? What are the obstacles? What's blocking you? When you let me know, I'm going to take those ideas and I'm going to weave them into this podcast so that I can have it be even more effective. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, subscribe so you do not miss future episodes of the Reprogram Your Mind podcast. Please share it with friends and family. And remember... You become what you think about. This isn't a fancy idea. This is a truth. This is law. This is the way the world works. You become what you think about all the day long. So the question is, what are you thinking about?